Welcome to Sub, the Scope Unmuzzled podcast, episode 14. This time around, we have two new guests, actually a couple. Uh, one is a Chinese girl, the other guy is a uh, Chinese, not <laughs> a Dutch guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. And we're actually going to be talking about um, how they met up, because it's kind of like a weird couple. There's a whole fucking backstory behind it. Uh, that's going to be an interesting thing. We're also going to be talking, if we have more time, about some other random topics uh, that we have prepared. And well, if any of this sounds interesting to you, then please stick around as we start this train wreck of a show. Welcome to the podcast. So today we have two new guests. So like I said, they are a couple. They are married, actually. And uh, they have a very interesting story to tell about how that kind of happened. So we'll dive into that. But before we do that, we first have to introduce themselves uh, separately. So I'm going to start out with um, Sushi, the one on the right. And after that, I'm going to ask Momiji, the one on the left. So Sushi doesn't doesn't seem to be very amused <laughs> with the introduction question. So maybe Momiji, why don't you start? Um, could you tell a bit Absolutely. more about yourself? Sure. Hello. Um, I don't know. I'm talking to you or the audience, but yeah. Hello. Most people knowing me as Momiji. Hi. Yeah. Maybe you want to know my age, but I'll say that age for a girl is some sort of a secret if you're really wondering about that. And seven. Yeah. I've just been drinking milk for eight years. Yeah, that's just a joke, but whatever. Take your guess. (laughs) Well, for my hobby, I like, yeah, I like vehicles, especially cars, four wheels, not bikes. Yeah, because I'm not Dutch enough, as Sushi is. (laughs) And currently... A streamer, a full-time streamer, actually. If you want, you can also follow my channel. I'll link. I'll give the link in the description, probably. Oh yes, yeah. so we'll put we'll put any of the the socials in the description so people can follow you uh, if they want to. Anything else <laughs> you want to add to that? I guess that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a nice mm-hmm. short introduction. Um, sushi. <laughs> yeah, we might have enough time to think about it. Could you introduce yourself? Well, my name is Sushi, otherwise known as Sushi Ball. Don't ask me about that. That's another different story. But anyway, my name is Sushi. We'll go over it. Don't worry about it. Uh, I am a person that's married to this other person that's sitting next to me. But not actually sitting next to me. Well, kind of, right? Like you're kind of sitting close to each other in real life. Luckily, there's like no echo. About oh. like two meters. Okay, so you're like socially distancing yes. on, on the podcast. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, uh, I'm actually saying meters instead of feet. Good. <laughs> uh, I mean, especially after her saying that she's only seven, this puts my marriage in jeopardy, actually. <laughs> I am kind of in a difficult position right here. Anyway, moving yeah, on. You're going to say you're eight. <laughs> You got, you got to be at least older than the female, right? Say something above seven. It's, it's not that hard. I am definitely older than seven and eight because otherwise I would be in jeopardy at work being an eight-year-old and doing construction. That would be a problem. Mm-hmm. So a 30-year-old married to a seven-year-old, that makes 40. Yeah, seems fine. 
All right. Well, do you have any like interests or things you do outside of your job with construction? I like riding bike, like mountain biking. Very typical, yeah. For Dutch That's person. a whole other story for later. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like games. I do like model building and all that, which I haven't done in quite a while. But yeah. Um, Besides that, being social in general to some degree, but not too often because I'm actually an introvert to some degree. But mm-hmm. yeah, basically, I like torturing myself <laughs> in being in social inter- uh, situations. You mean the social situations like this podcast, like trying to talk with people, with me, with the audience? Is that something that you're awful, also yeah. uncomfortable with? Well, I wouldn't be lying if I'm sweating right now, but yeah, <laughs> sort of to some degree. Well, it is kind of hot out, you know, so uh, I don't know. Mm, yeah. It could be uh, it could be many things. But um, now you guys have talked about how you guys have, uh, well, kind of like individual stories. Could you go over the um, story on how you guys have actually met? Okay. May I start first? Yeah, whoever wants to start first. You know, you're you're a couple. You guys had to fight it out. That's not that's not my <laughs> that's not my decision to make. Okay, we can actually fight yeah. this out. Let's go. Yeah, paper, rock paper scissors. Okay. Yeah, you won. Or, or okay. You could have just brought out the sword. You know, because <laughs> rock paper scissors sword. Too early for yeah. swords. Okay. Later. Boy. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll probably start first. I do remember the first time we met. We definitely met in a Discord server. I'm uh, just I recognize you, but you didn't exactly recognize me. Then we the first time we met in VR chat. It was at the karaoke word. I was pretty much drunk and I was shouting very the light pretty much. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the first time we met. Pretty much. I don't know if you well, remember anything about that. Yeah, is it the same thing that you remember, Sushi, or did your story go a bit differently? And knowing me back in the day, I was probably drunk myself. So yeah, there goes that. Um, I mainly remember you after at some point noticing you in Discord, and then just mm-hmm. I've definitely seen you before in other places as well but then it's like i started noticing you at some point like huh some reason i'm interested now and now i start noticing (laughs) that you are around instead of like hey i'm just talking to scope and whatever other person is there and there there it goes Mm -hmm. that's the first time i guess just the first time yeah well i think the um So you're talking about like a Discord server, which I assume you mean the Discord server that we are in, like the VR squad? Yeah, Uh, the cheese server. (laughs) Yes, some some people it's called the cheese server. It's it's not mine. I didn't make it. I just just became like the unofficial leader. Yes, sure. (laughs) Um, That's run by a friend of mine, Benjo, actually, from two episodes ago, I think. Yeah um he's the owner of it he made it but yeah because i brought in basically almost all the people that are in that server through yeah. vr chat yeah, into discord it. yeah then yeah kind of become like an official leader but what i was gonna say is i feel like you both have met up 
through me, um, as I think both of you would join off of me, I know, well, I can ask you guys separately. How do you guys met me in VRChat? Because that's, that is how we met. Okay. First time I met you. Yeah, Master first. Sorry? Master first. Yeah, you fight sure. it out. Yeah, okay. Well, the first time I met you was something that near automatic, the one, the one with a lot of white flowers, that mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. I met you and you were, that was, that was 2020. Yeah. July 2020, if I remember correctly, or June. I don't remember that exactly, but definitely around that period of time. Mm-hmm. You were talking about like, mm, yeah, you were talking about your car, the, the Lexus you have. Uh, and I was interested about that topic. And then we started talking. And I still remember you make a video about me back then because I was I was pretty much bargaining about like my room is too big. If I want to reach something, I need to go around. And that is kind of stupid. And you said yes. that is definitely first world problem. Yeah, that's the whole yeah. thing. It's like first world problems. That was like the section of the video. And yeah, if it's around mm-hmm. July, June, that's also when I got my car in 2020. Um, so that yeah. could be, that could very well be, the, I don't remember the exact, um, conversation we had besides the fact that you talked about, um, like rich people getting from like, for example, from China to the U S by like, um, like a plane or something, or they go back and they have like a lot yeah. of money from their parents, yeah. like all these kind of like rich people problems. Do you actually remember why you joined on that world? Because we were not friends. Uh, I was just. Mm-hmm. I was just word hopping. I found that one has a lot of people over there, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we met. Exactly beer chat moment. We met some people. And uh, mm-hmm. I guess that's the original purpose for them to just have VR chat. Like you just meet random people at random words. Well, in this case, it's not that random for me, at least. Like I've met a lot of people <laughs> uh, in the server mm-hmm. also through Near Automata. For example, uh, Missing is also one of them. Uh, I think uh, Rem and I will be coming up in a later episode. I met you there. I mean, uh, probably some other people that I don't remember. It's yeah, a that very reminds common, me about uh, that. I met you and Rem and I that the same day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Combo I, deal. I, I could have been talking to, to Rem and I. That could be very well the case, yeah. Sure. I don't know if you still remember that. Uh, well, Probably around that time I did, yeah, because he was a good new friend we talked mm-hmm. to all the time. So, all right. Cool. Um, so that's how we met. Sushi, do you know how we, how you met me? I was probably too drunk to remember, but I have this nagging feeling that I met you through either two other people, and I was def- I was definitely not sober at the time. <laughs> But mm-hmm. for some reason, I was pulled into a conversation that you were having, or a debate that you were having with another person, and I stuck around. And for some, I mean, obviously, it's like, hey, you're a Dutch person, you're a Dutch person too, cool. Colonizeren, mm-hmm. and that, that's kind of <laughs> how I stuck around. It's a reference that no one's going to get except for Dutch people, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Do you know which friend uh, that is exactly? I uh, I am debating whether it's couch. No, probably not. Mm, 
Because I would say Akko, but that was probably later. Could, wait, uh, did you know Akko before I did? Because so I don't actually remember. So this this happens where sometimes I don't. Oh no, there's a world first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Person that doesn't remember. Bro, I have so many to. fucking friends. Give me a goddamn break, man. I can't remember all of them. So I know Momiji's because it's like in a video. So I've seen it multiple times. Even could right. look back at it. Um, for <laughs> you, I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, but it, it probably is true. Like some of our friends, or even um, uh, who's that really drunk that guy from uh, Sake? It could have been. It could have been. That's have... worrisome. <laughs> yeah, so basically, <laughs> drunk people meeting each other in VR chat, and they find out they're in the same country, and then it's like, oh, how nice. Um, that that's probably how it happened. Which it's a lot, like a lot of um, Dutch friends of mine, actually. I mean, I, I feel like I was definitely not sober at the time, and you were having a pretty interesting conversation. That much I do remember. I don't know the subject though. Yeah, and I don't know the people around it, but I feel like a big part of like the normal group was already around at that time. Ammonite uh, missing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For people who don't know, it's like a special guest who's just there in the background. It's 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 missing. He's floating there on a table. He's having his breakfast or something. He just decided to spectate. So I guess it's the first podcast with spectators, guys. We're gonna have. Like a whole fucking audience at some point where I can have a laugh track. I actually don't need a laugh track then. I need a sign that says if people need to it. laugh or <laughs> play like a soundboard uh, sound. It's it's going to be great. No. Pipes. <laughs> it's going to be pipes, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's, I think that is also how we met. Like to a bunch of other friends that we've met and get friends to friends. And then you see, so it's the same country. You were drunk as you usually were. Uh, I'm not sure if you were drunk when we did the time. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. that 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 usually seems to be the case. I meet a lot of drunk people in this game. It's uh, it's insane. Um, That's a problem. But now we've talked about how you guys met me, how you guys met each other. Um, could you talk a bit further then about how you guys have actually met, like each other in real life? How that came to be? Yeah. You start first, or me? I. Is- like again, you guys have to fight it out, and I assume you guys remember because this is kind of important. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah that, that's start. something we don't forget. Yeah, yeah, I'll start myself first. Mm-hmm. Sure. I invited him to visit me. Yeah, so basically, he came to the country I was in, and he met me first. Which I was country? Like, Can you come over here. America, U.S. Mm-hmm. Freedom. Gained. Yes. I invited him to visit me. Well, I was having a, I was having a huge mental breakdown back in that time. I'll be honest about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm pretty much just asking so if you like, can you just come here and visit me? He was actually planning that back in the summer 2021, but he didn't make it because of COVID regulations and something like that. If I recall right, definitely COVID regulations, right? Yes. Yeah, but they canceled everything. Uh, the like winter 2021 so I was pretty much like please come here and visit me and we got married in that three weeks wait so you, I assume so you guys were talking with each other on discord or on VR chat before then I assume because you don't just like meet in real life and then married three <laughs> weeks later that's like a very Definitely not. short turnaround for a marriage actually for our actually for our relationship there's actually a, a point that things change, like mostly because of my mental status. 
first is about the some of the politics issues in the U.S. that I don't really want to stay there for that long. The second thing is about my family, my mom. Uh, my relationship with my mom is never that good. I was pretty much thinking about I need to leave here. And yeah, that's the time I actually started to think about like, I should have my life, I should have a husband, I should start my life, I should leave this place, something like that. Well, is that something that you and actually... And then we had a lot of... Well, is, mm-hmm. is that something you came up with yourself or is that something that got pushed from your mom? Because I know a lot of people that have males in real life that their parents it's are that pushing like comes it from on me. their children to get married. No, my mom never pushed me. When, the situation includes a lot of personal information, something like that. But pretty much I could say about like my mom wanted to make me go back to where, he, where she lives and makes me live in the same town she lives in and try to like just make me live at what she wants me to live, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like that first. I, I, w- I was thinking about like it was a solution or something. I was even thinking about escape to another state or even Canada in some degree. But yeah, back in that, I was already in a relationship with Sushi. We just didn't really come over about all the marriage stuff. We had a lot of talk before and. Yeah, after that, pretty much the conclusion we got is I can just marry him and we can live together without worrying about my family issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what you're describing yeah. by your mom, where she's like, no, please come live with me. And, you know, the I have that same thing with my mom, where she seems to be very controlling mm-hmm. or like she cannot let go of her children saying like, okay, you guys are now old enough, you guys should you know, live on your own, start your own family or get a girlfriend or do something with your life as a career. Um, these kind of controlling mothers will try and mm-hmm. keep you into their grasp you know, the entire time because they feel, well, not really sure what the reason is. I feel like they are, they feel mm-hmm. they're responsible to raise you and if they see that you're in a bad place or maybe not doing that well, they would like to contribute or try and help you out, but they're kind of doing the opposite where, you know, just living with your mom is not really going to improve your situation or not going to make you more um, self-sufficient, I would say. I don't want to say too much bad thing about my mom, but she definitely has some sort of OCD and something like that. Back Mm -hmm. when I was in high school, uh, when I was only 16 or something like that, there is no clock in my room. And back in that time, when I was walking around on the street, I found a shop that sells a very nice clock. It is not a cheap clock like those $10 or $20 stuff. It's $60. But it is a 14-inch six-spoke wheel that is actually cut through the half and put a clock inside of it. Like it's six-spoke, so the 12 third, something like that. They have mm-hmm. the numbers on them. And that looks pretty cool to me back when I was 15. I try to persuade my mom about like, mom, I want this. I don't have a clock at home. I want one. And my mom literally said, you're not eating dinner tonight. And saying, you're even trying to make me find things for you that I've never prepared, something like that. 
honestly, that's just that that's just her. I I don't have too much about to say about her, but yeah, she was always like that. Everything mm. didn't go through her schedules or plans. She will easily get triggered because for most of the most of the time when I talk to her, I feel like she doesn't really understand how normal things works for normal people. Probably because she's too rich in some degree. It's like if you want to go to point A to point B, uh, first you need to see uh, are my shoes able to make me walk? Am I, uh, did I eat breakfast? I don't faint on the road, something like that. Or even you just walk on the street, there's going to be something happens. Like, you're probably going to get hit by a car. You're probably going to step into a hole and fall off, something like that. But my mom doesn't really understand that. She only understands that, hey, I order you to go to a point A point point B. I don't care what the fuck just happened during this since or that. <laughs> I just want you to go there. And if something oh, happens, right then that is your fault, not my fault. Even if you tell me that you have difficulties, that's not my business. You need to solve the difficulties. Oh, you cannot solve it. That's not my business. Oh, because you mentioned about that you have difficulties and I ignored it and you got hurt or something like that. That's still not my business because nobody will ever make me worry about them. Only you, something like that. That's just her problem. That's one of the biggest reasons I don't really want to live with her, honestly. I hope my mom's mm. not watching this. Well, as long as you're not leaking, it's <laughs> also we're not we're not uh, gonna. Well, I'm not censoring myself. I'm not sure if I should censor other people if they they ask for it. Uh, I, I'd say it's not. Doesn't understand it's not English to begin with. To this degree, so it should be you fine. Understand a little bit, but still, yeah. I can't wait for a visit. <laughs> uh, no, so I recognize some of the the things that you're saying with me, also in my mom, although not, not not that extreme. My mom's not not that crazy. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, definitely like the controlling part of parenthood or parenting that seems to be affecting a lot of children negatively. And even if you're older, like even now, my mom would tell me, even like I'm 26, I live on my own. I've lived on my own for like four years now. She's like, oh, no, you should live with me, live with your brothers. We all live in one family. We do one kind of job. We do it together and blah, blah, blah. Like a, the whole communist fucking <laughs> kind of idea. You understand about that part, honestly, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I totally get it that you would like to get away from your mom because that's exactly what I did when I would turn 22 is I also moved away from my parents because my family situation was also getting really bad well probably not as bad as yours but you know it's all relative um but yeah i also decided you know what i'm not no longer gonna stay here with you guys i would like to just live on my own and become an adult start learning how to take care of myself and that's exactly mm -hmm. what i did it only took like one month for me to decide like okay i want to leave to actually get an apartment so and my mom was very upset probably your mom was also very upset when maybe you left the states um because mm -hmm. for me she was very upset that I, that I left and i told her like well it's because of you why i left and then yeah that's she, she didn't really like that uh that answer but it was the truth did did you tell her to tell your mom for example why you uh moved back or was it just like oh no i got married to this guy so that's why i'm gonna be living now i tried to kept all the secrets I tried to just tell her about, like, I chose another way for living. I chose another path of my life, something like that. 
But eventually she found out, like, I was actually not really satisfied with her trying to manipulate me or something like that. She was not, she's, she's neither happy or sad. She, it seems like she already knows it's going to happen. She's definitely not that happy about that, but she knows that there's nothing she could change because, well, down to the earth, I am myself, I'm an individual. Wait, so, um, sushi. Could you tell me mm-hmm. your thought process when you went to the U.S. to go visit Momiji? Like, did you guys already determine beforehand that you guys would get married? Or is it something you decided when you guys met up in real life? Like, how did that kind of decision making go? Pretty much already became a topic after a few months. Like, yeah. I mean, I was just kidding at some point and it's like, okay, we're actually going there and the more we talked, I found myself just wondering, like, okay. Like she mentioned before, like, the whole COVID restrictions happened, and it's like, okay, I was already planning, like, okay. Uh, I've already met up with other people for lesser reasons to meet up. I was like, okay, I really want to meet this person, like, okay, I really like her. I really want to go there and it's like, okay, I already got it planned out and it's like, okay, I'm working through all the things and yeah, COVID happened and it's like, shit, the most massive bumper you can ever imagine. And it's like, okay, I don't know what to do with this. And then the, we were just basically forced to talk through discord and it's like, yeah, just online messaging and keeping distance. You just sort of reach this point of like, okay, whatever the cost is at some point to make, I'm down with it. And surprisingly, I found myself wondering like, wait, we're marrying. I am surprisingly okay with this. To some, <laughs> uh, I would find myself more shocked, to be honest, considering my thought process like, even one year before that, before meeting her, and mm-hmm. well, that's the thing. Did you it, actually weird. think about the consequences of marriage at that time? Like, okay, you're gonna get married, then you're gonna live together, you know. Then she probably you have to decide to which place to go. Like, you're gonna go to the Netherlands or you're gonna go to the U.S. Well, probably not the U.S. because your mom. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, and like you have to live together, you have to make dinner, you know, look after each other, all the all financial things. Have you thought about the whole process mm-hmm. uh, before you made that decision? Or was it just like, oh, no, no, I really like this person. I'm going to get married now. I definitely decided about that. I definitely considered a lot of things. Like for me, leaving the place I'm living, like, I've been living in the U.S. for a long time. Uh, I need to go to another place that I don't even speak their language. Uh, I already have some sort of households. Um, I, have, I have cars. I have a lot of furniture, a lot of tools, and I cannot even bring them together with me. Some mm-hmm. of my friends shocked about, like, oh, God, you have a, you have a house. There's three-level house. You got two cars, and you got a lot of tools. You just give up all of them. Why telling them about like I only brought two suitcases and that's all I had. 
and I just board the plane and go to the Netherlands. A lot of people shock, like, are you actually planning about this? You know what you're doing? Are you really sure about that? Even my mom was asking me the same thing. But I was like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm definitely sure. I'm mm-hmm. giving up a lot. But it doesn't really matter to me because I'm gaining new things. Somehow like that. <laughs> I don't know what you think. Well, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I'm not the only person that... I am not the only person that sacrificed a lot. Same to you. Like, I'm joining your life. Your life is much different from before. Same as me. Yeah, but I don't feel regret about that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you uh-huh. think of the? I... <laughs> what do you think of those changes that has happened because of the marriage and the aftermath and the whole thing? Because there's also been like we can also talk about that the whole process of trying to get her to the Netherlands, and then there was a thing that happened, and then you had to move, and the whole fucking ordeal. I even had to help you guys uh, with some of these things. Uh, with the moving process yes, because I'm a bit more a bit. <laughs> acquainted with the whole process myself because I've moved from um, uh, the Netherlands to Belgium myself I didn't yeah. get any help uh, so I had to figure Terrible out everything move. myself it's uh, uh, I don't know I want I want to go back though but that's going to be very difficult right now but that that's a different topic I've got a question yeah. regarding that at some point but yeah we'll see about it <laughs> Okay, no, so about the, um, the whole consequences and like the, the sacrifice she was saying and like the things that have changed in your life. Could you tell a bit more about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, the easy version from my side at least is like, okay, I went to her place. We had the holiday there. We got married. Everything was fine. Whoa. We were planning. <laughs> Hold on. You, you talk about it. It's like, oh, yeah, this just happened. You know, it's an average Tuesday. Went over there, got married. It's yeah, no big deal. Basically like, like that. <laughs> okay. It's a bit, it's a bit more special than that, you know? I mean, nobody died as far as I know. That's, well, luckily, that's a, yeah. That's a, that's, a, <laughs> that's a personal thing, at least. But, uh, what to say? Yeah, things went through a rush at some point because, well, yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that part to you. You're better at explaining sure, that part sure. <laughs> from your perspective. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, now we're asking about your perspective, Sushi. So, what, what, what? How did you experience this? Like, what changed, for example, in your life uh, after this whole moment? Because it's like a quite a big deal. And quite a big impact on your mm-hmm. life so far. Like also because I've talked to you before, before you got married, before you even met Momiji, yeah. I think. Um, so I can also see like a character change, like personal personal change to that. Could you? No doubt about that. Talk about that a bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, at, I mean, before her, I was, I mean, even during that. I was still pretty much, I would consider myself an alcoholic, just drinking every day, getting off the arch, just escaping real life. And it's like, yeah, cool. Uh, my life was pretty much about just going to work, get off the arch, hang out. Drink. Eventually, once or twice a year, meet up with some people in real life and just drink with them and have a good time and make some actual friends in real life. I mean, some degree that happens. Mm-hmm. Yes, because we also met each other in real life a couple times, actually. Yes, multiple times, Mm -hmm. which I am definitely grateful for. I mean, that's something I miss doing quite a bit, actually meeting up with more people, but 
Yeah, then you get together with a person. It's like, oh, yeah, you get together. You get responsibilities. You have to deal with stuff. And, well, yeah, that's all obvious to me, at least. But it definitely changes the person to some degree. A large degree, yeah. actually. Um, mm. Yeah, there have been times where I've been very stressful. And times mm -hmm. where I've been very desperate. But at the same time... I keep in mind, well, it's, I'm doing it for something. So quite something actually. And is it something I you actually worth the trouble? Is it something you actually, <laughs> uh, think was the right decision to make, or do you have some regrets or do you, would you like to have certain things back from back then? Well, maybe I, more I of the meeting of people in real life, but besides <laughs> that, I mean, besides all the drinking, I'm not sure if that's still. <laughs> A thing uh, you're I do regret about my car. <laughs> That's the thing I regret the most. Priorities. Yeah, my Porsche and my BMW. Biggest regret. Uh, um, well, the Porsche okay. is okay, but the biggest regret is the BMW. Well, <laughs> sure. I mean, that's material things. Yeah. Well, guessing. Pretty much the whole rushing, having to be forced to be put in like speedrun mode and oh god, yeah. what is happening? And I was preparing for the long run, like okay, we're gonna go through this process and suddenly I am well, I wouldn't say forced, but the decision was pretty much like, okay, whatever happens, we're gonna go through this and I yeah. happen to give up a lot of well, time. I wouldn't say personal freedom, but yeah, time. Mm. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. that's, you know, when you get married, you kind of, you know, you're living together as one unit. Yeah, you you yeah, sacrifice, yeah, you yeah, have to definitely. sacrifice the time for each other because otherwise, like, could have, might as well just get like a dog or something if you don't like spending too yeah. much time on another person. Oh, <laughs> I mean, uh, sure, cats, but <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You still have cats, right? Some degree. They're at my mom's place. And, well, that, that saves us a lot of cleaning hair here. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Uh -huh. That's a win. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. Cats don't like me. They, they piss me off. I don't like those cats, honestly. You don't like those specific cats, or you don't like cats in those general? Those specific cats. I do have cats back when I was in the U.S. So what happened to all the stuff that you left? Because you said you took two suitcases, you went on a plane. What happened mm -hmm. to all your things? Did you like tell your mom? It's like, well, the keys are underneath the the, the pot plant or something. You can go inside. You can no. sell the stuff. What, what happened to it? It was even actually worse. extremely rushed. It's even worse. So because my mom wanted to do her a favor, as you already know about that, uh, that includes some personal information. And I just skipped that. Uh, she gave me a plan and she wanted me somewhat rush it. Like I need to solve it between this time period and that period. I was even thinking about like, I was having the same, pretty much the same expectation as Sushi did. Like we're going to put in a long run. I might not even be able to board the plane until like late 2022, something like that. But uh, things all changed because some of the stuff happened around me. Yeah. People being stupid, people being shit, people just were trying to get rid of their stuff. 
and they're trying to make me do something for them, and that leads me into a trouble. That's what happened. So pretty much at the end, I found out I somewhat only have a month left to solve a lot of things. Otherwise, I will not be able to, or that, or the process will be a lot more difficult in some degree. Yeah. So back when I was still in my house, uh, I tried to sell something, but not a lot of people want them. I pretty much only sold the TV, the yeah, the TV, the some、um, like. A rice cooker, something like that. Yeah, so pretty like much. So like all the expensive electronics, all the easy stuff. Yeah, kind of like that. Mhm. I managed to sell my Porsche because that was a two seater that enabled to grab a lot of stuff together. And then I, I have a friend. Wow, his name's Zach. He probably not watching this, but I'm just mentioning his name. Uh, I、be. give most.、E- Well, I give most of my stuff to him, including my Second Amendment rights stuff.、Uh, uh, my, yeah, my, stuff, yes, my, I like that. Nice way to put it. My my jack, my tools for the car, yeah, and pretty much I'm just telling him about like grab whatever you want, just just grab whatever you want. I'm leaving tomorrow, so just grab everything. Yeah, and he did. Yeah, so you basically sold. There's still a lot of. So you sold like a lot of the、yeah. electrical things and like your cars, like things that、mm-hmm. could probably be easy to sell, relatively easy. Yeah. And then most of the、yeah. other things you just told your friend. It's like okay, you can just you can just take it. Did you just grab it? Exactly. You didn't. You didn't ask any money for it, or that he was trying to sell it or something. I was thinking about like, come on, I cannot sell them. Just just take it. We're we're buddies for years. Just come on, keep it. I don't mind. Like that, and back in that time, I was still bringing like four suitcases, two bags, and my cat with me on my car. Then my mom asked me to go to her place. I was pretty much putting me on a road trip, and then went there. And my mom saw my stuff. Like you cannot bring the cat to the Netherlands. I was like, why? My mom was like, ah, don't you know about that cat? Are Easily to get infected, that you will be rejected at the custom. I was like, no, that that's not the case. I can just buy a ticket for the cat. That's how it works. But my mom was like, no, you cannot keep the cat. You cannot keep the cat. And somewhat she forced me to give the cat to the force. Well, a pet shop, pretty much. Not at least not a pet force. Yeah.、Mm, and also about my car. Uh, that's even. More stupid. It's like at first I was planning on finding a guy that could buy my car, and I can just take a plane over there. My mom was like, "No, you shouldn't be taking a plane." I was like, "Why?" She was like, "Ah,、uh, there's a lot of people on the plane. You might catch COVID. It doesn't really matter if you're taking a plane that only travels from state to state. But if you're going to Europe, they will ask you for your COVID test." Without something like that, and if you just take a plane, you might get COVID. So you can't. You need to take the car. I was like, okay. I pretty much just check on the phone. I still got some buddies that are living in Cali. I was pretty much like, hey, anybody able to pick the car? I don't mind how much you're giving me. At least more than a scrapyard. That's okay. And someone say, okay, I can pick it up. I can pick it up for like three k. I was like, only three k. 
that's the best I can do. That's what from the theater system, something like that. Yeah, American theater system is a, it's a scam, but it's 3K, well, nothing much I can ask. That car was at least like 10K or something, but yeah, whatever. Mm, and then time. back, yeah, and then back that then, no, I wrapped Kelly. I messaged that guy like, hey, uh, I'm unable to give you the car. It was pretty much like, yeah, I just send you a check and you can just drop the car over there and give me the key. And get, get someone else to pick you, pick it, and he will pretty much give you the money. I was like, okay, sure. And then I told my mom about like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to drop the car tonight. No, you're not dropping the car tonight. I was like, why? Are you going to a dealership? Yeah. There are going to be somebody having COVID in the dealership. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's the most stupid thing, honestly. Uh, yep. No, there's going to be people having COVID at the dealership. You know what? You shouldn't Can go you outside. There's to... COVID there. Just stay indoors at all times. Pretty much. Wearing a mask as well. Pretty much. Come on, it's just a dealership. I just need to drop the car over there and just put the key over there. How are you going to come back? I can just call a cab. And I was like, no, the cab driver might also have COVID. I was like, come on, then how am I supposed to go to... Then how am I supposed to get to the airport? I still need to take a cab to get to the airport. And mom was like, I'm just trying to lower the chance that there's a coincidence happening during all this process like ah pretty much like that yeah, and yeah. at last my mom called yeah at last my mom called the scrapyard and the scrapyard came here and picked the car away and the guy drives a tow truck didn't even wear a mask i know my mom's think about it like that that's even more dangerous in some degree if you think i'm gonna be exposed in covid because if I'm just dropping the car there, I'm just dropping the key. I'm not even meeting any people. But it saw the scrapyard and the scrapyard come here and tell the car away. And they gave me a and they gave me a check that was only like twelve hundred if I recall right. Yeah. Yeah, that's another stupid thing. And the third stupid thing is, uh I did brought a lot of stuff to Kelly, but uh at last I decided to only bring like three suitcases i left one there and for all the bags bags were only for like pillows and blankets that i need to lay for that small period of time something like that and before i board the plane my mom stopped me it was like no we can only bring two suitcases i was like what my mom was like hey what if they don't accept you to bring three suitcases as far as she knows most of the like most of the flights only allows you to take two. I was like, no, I already buy a ticket. Okay. Wait, but well, why didn't she extra. complain about COVID this time? She complained about the suitcases, That's... but not about COVID. There's no COVID on there. <laughs> There's no COVID if you bring two Very suitcases. Much like that. <laughs> yes. It, it will be in the third one. Yeah, exactly. You're packing COVID. Yeah. And I board the plane and arrived in the Netherlands. And that's it. Nothing ever happened. <laughs> well actually I didn't get COVID there's one thing which is like getting into the Netherlands mm -hmm. or like that whole process of trying to get her to immigrate there Sushi like you have the experience with it could you tell a bit more about that I went in blind I mean more than just blind I went in blind and deaf I had to figure it out um, Worst case being like, okay, I had to call immigration office at 3 a.m. in the morning and it's like, hello. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Please help. <laughs> and they basically told me, yeah, 
we can't do anything because she's not Dutch yet. And it's like, cool. Um, so then, then what do you do? Like, shouldn't they tell you? It's like, oh, then you go to this office or you do this thing, go through this process, anything? Basically, they told me to like, okay, just regardless of everything, just go through the normal process and well, we'll see. And then never tell you what is that normal process, so. Mm, So basically it came down to lawyer's office that I had to call, which put me on hold Mm -hmm. for several hours at least. But, you know, at some point I finally got to talk to a lawyer and he's like, oh yeah, this is a free 30 minute call. I mean, I've been on hold for several hours at that point, but <laughs> fine, I'll take it. Amazing. And yeah, he basically told me like, okay, well, there's like three or so options. Like you can do this, which is questionable, or that, which is also more questionable. Like say, yeah, just let her stay illegal. She cannot get any insurance or anything. Bruh. She can't get any retirement or anything <laughs> and also you're going to be in- arrested if you ever find out that you're here so wait, like, that, wait, yeah, wait. Maybe that was an option he presented he's like you can take these legal routes but you can also do the illegal thing to just have to not get caught Bruh. yes i mean when i was <laughs> yes, hearing exactly. that that oh sounds very stupid honestly this sounds very sketchy is this really like a lawyer yeah. is this not some back alley guy you met mm-hmm. i don't oh. know what about it is that the guy you met on VR chat, like, a, like asking your friend no. who's like, is someone a lawyer that could help me out here? No, pretty much just asking about like, hey, I'm now here, then how am I supposed to register here as immigrant, something like that. And then the lawyer pretty much just said, I can just keep it like that, keep yourself illegal. As long as you don't get exposed, I was like, what? Oh my god. Yeah, but you won't have any rights. You can be deported, uh, well, but not right away but it's like oh yeah we I'm find out you're here we're gonna find out where you're actually from or it, and if you have actually any right to be here in this state and if you're not well we're gonna deport you and your husband's gonna come uh-huh. gonna Wait, have but, to fund it but you guys are married in the US yeah. yes. and then you went to the Netherlands yeah. and also if you get married you're supposed to also report that to the government so they know that you're married yeah, and you also have it. to put in to which person are you married so then they will also find out so how how is yeah, pretty how, much. how is that even like a I don't a understand I don't understand probably like the lawyer somewhat misunderstood something like I don't know um, did you, did you just, tell them that you guys were married? Yeah, just, or not? Yes. I, I think so, but he ignored that. He, uh, I don't remember that clearly, but... The the point is uh, that the marriage helps, but not specifically in Netherlands. In Netherlands, it doesn't matter if you're married. It's like, oh yeah, we're still gonna have to go through all the basic stuff. Like, yeah, we don't make a difference if you're married or if you're just partners or whatever. So he basically told us, like, oh, yeah, you're married. That's going to help in when you are in another country, pretty much. Just not the Netherlands. And it's like, yeah, that's one of the options. Like, just go to a foreign country for a few months and return. Mm-hmm. And then it's fine. He didn't tell me that the Belgian government is absolute shit at taking some requests. I mean, <laughs> I also have some faults in that, but... <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. You, you, you Things might... are not that 
difficult. We just need someone actually knows stuff to teach us, honestly. I'm not claiming that it's your stuff or his stuff or something like that. The only thing is we didn't find a person that actually knows how shit works here. Yeah, but that's with a lot of governmental <laughs> organizations or just government in general. If you try and get stuff done, it's like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm in this situation. Can you help me out? And it's like, yes. You should go to that guy. And then you get pointed to like a different yeah. person of a different department to tell yeah, the whole story again. You're leaving out some detail maybe or you're forgetting it. And it's like, oh, and then he sends you to the wrong guy from the wrong department and you just get put like all over the place. And then no one really knows the entire process. So it's like, oh, it's not my responsibility to help this person because I don't know exactly this case. So I'm just going to refer to my colleague or to another department. And then, yeah, the whole fucking process just gets... Uh, uh, so vague for a person convoluted yeah yeah convoluted exactly pretty much the original thing for me for moving to the netherlands will be like i should apply another sort of the agreement or another thing i need to visit the embassy and they give me something else and then i hold this i travel to the europe Mm -hmm. And then things will continue over there, and we have that document, and then we go to the government, and then they change the document in some sort of else, and then something, something, something like that. But because I was rushed, because some situations happened, I what I did is just pretty much grab my passport and board the plane. And I, without actually mentioning about anything, while I was in the custom, pretty much tell them, yeah, I'm married. That's why I'm coming here. I was like, okay, cool. That's it. Yeah, because I would That's expect that process to be like great. way simpler. Yeah, but yeah, if you are missing certain documents, then yeah, they mm -hmm. could complain and you get sent to They were pretty bonds. much expecting me to, like I also searched online, they were pretty much expecting me to go back to the US and restart some of the process. But going back to the US, restart the process and wait for like at least six months over there is some sort of a no to me, honestly. <laughs> Well, do you have to yeah. actually wait there for six months, or can you just like request yeah, something actually, from no, the I embassy there? No, I need to there, wait there. I need to wait there, wait them to process and give me some sort of a document. I already forgot the name, honestly. And then mm, they okay. give it to me, and I board the plane. I come here, and then I give that document to the government over here, and that's the actual process. But I missed that part because I was rushed. I was planning on doing that, but I didn't. I pretty much just grab my passport and board the plane. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And when we're asking a lawyer or something like that, oh, we didn't do this. And then pretty much, I just stay illegal. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I, I think he basically just told you, he's like, bro, I, you don't want to go through this entire process. It's so fucking convoluted. Just just stay illegal. This is going to be simpler. <laughs> going to save all the, the costs. You have a better chance of survival at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, at least it gives us a solution. Like the EU immigration law is different from the Dutch immigration law. So we need Wait, to register as EU citizens. Yeah, so pretty much we need to register as EU citizen first. And then we use the EU law to make me immigrants here. And then we, we're good, pretty much. But Sushi was born and raised in the Netherlands, a European so country. He needs so, to register him. so So he, he needs to register me in another country as a EU citizen. Technically, he could also register himself as an EU citizen in the Netherlands, but the EU laws in the Netherlands have a substitution. Like, if you are a Dutch nationality, well, you are a EU citizen, then you need to spend your life in another EU member state for at least three months to make you eligible for the EU law in the 
in, in, in the Netherlands. Wow. It's just a shit show, honestly. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. It was just, it was just claimed on that. that. That's it. Well, so, Sushi, can you then tell, because you went to the lawyer, you got to the advice, and then you had to make a decision. So what did you decide to do? I basically went like, okay, well, it's time to move. There wasn't even a single doubt. Like, okay, we need to get this shit show on the road and somehow find a place in Belgium that's probably going to... Through my mom. I mean, we weren't at that point at the very start, but yeah, I tried looking Mm -hmm. for other places myself, but it's like the whole thing with her being pretty much... Unemployed. Unemployed, not being able to show any income in the Netherlands on legal documents like uh, bank notes or anything. Uh-huh. It basically increased the difficulty from hard to hardcore. <laughs> I was like, uh, very much like, like I have income. I have income, but to my American card, I have my saving, but also American card. I try to show them. They said, no, we don't take that. We only need to see if you are having a job in the... Something like that. I was like, ah. And that's that showing the whole documents. Like, okay, who is she actually? I'm going to start living here, but I also got someone with me, but I can't show any mm-hmm. legal documents le- yet. So I am kind of in this position uh-huh. of like, okay, I am trying to find this needle in a haystack of like homes which is already overcrowded because everyone's already looking trying to look for a home as is i mean we're trying to win a home over some kid that's barely 16. Mm-hmm. and we still lose. and you know with oh, wow. even with more financial stability with everything that I can show a kid that just got out of college or something that has no financial stability, like, okay, you are not sure he's going to be able to afford the rent and all that. Nope, I'm still losing. And it's like, well, okay, is, is it I'm not desperate just, at this point. Try your luck. Is it not just based and, on the yeah. the time or just the, the, the landlord will decide, basically? Not exactly. That's, it's pretty much well, just pick one through their expectations or something like that. Ah, who do you want to live in this house? And told them, ah, this one, this one, this one. And just randomly pick, ah, I think this one looks legit. And... Well, you, uh, I have been in a case actually where I was also like one of three people applying for like a house to rent. And they basically said, yeah, these are like you're the first three of like 120 people and you got to see the yeah. house. So now you have to decide if you want to start renting it by the time that's in the document or not uh and if you do and multiple people do then they're just gonna do a random number just just random person gets it they're not gonna look at uh well Hmm. of course they're gonna look at if every person is able to rent it um but if they are then it's just gonna be whoever gets out of the the lucky uh, streak basically well for a few it was like okay yeah uh we're just gonna pick the person because it's like a private person um i'm not sure what the word is but you know the person that's actually renting the place is gonna pick it out and for the other ones you just get put in a queue like you said like oh yeah you're person 83 out of 500 that's basically it like i actually called some of them myself yeah, it's it's agency, like, yeah. what a 
yeah, I called the agency and it's like, hey, what about this uh, plot and all that and this lease? And it's like, yeah, uh, we're going to be honest. You're going to be really lucky if you're in like the top 200 because there's probably like about 600 people replying to it. And it's like, oh, God. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah. That's the housing market right but now. But pretty much we skipped the agency. I asked my mom to help me at that point. Mm-hmm. My mom knows some of the housing agencies in Belgium. And Wait, how does she know one. that? I must not. Because that's weird. It's a weird thing to know. You have the connections doesn't... in like China, the US, and like in Belgium somehow. He just knows a lot of people all over the world for some reason. I don't know. Probably does she play VR chess? Oh. <laughs> No, I hope not. Don't well, play VR chat. That's that's how I know a lot of my a lot of global um, business. My global friends, I guess. Missing so them. that's you probably how. Certainly, quiet. Are you her mom? <laughs> Come on. Okay. Hey, just make sure. No evolving the audience. <laughs> do I do I sound like an old Chinese woman to you? Yes. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. No comment. No, so anyhow, so you guys decided, or your mom basically got a house or apartment to rent in Belgium, um, mm-hmm. and then you guys had to move there. So could you guys explain me what that was like to go, well, for you it was also already a culture shock to be in the Netherlands, but what's the difference between, for example, the US or China compared to Belgium, like the place that you are now? Like what are the kind of cultural shocks that you've experienced? People actually walk on the street. Wait, <laughs> that's extremely Wait, rare in the U.S. What? what People do you actually mean? walk on the street. No one walks on the street in the U.S. There's even no place for pedestrians in the U.S. Everybody drives cars. If you are walking, you are either walking along the curb, or you are easily going to be get hit or something, or get robbed, something like that. I mean, just American perspective, but like nobody actually walks on the street. If you're walking on the street, either way, you just leave upstairs or downstairs and trying to get some grocery, or you're poor as fuck and cannot afford a car. I'm not like that. Mm, the first thing that shocks me is definitely, oh God, people actually walk on the street, and there's a lot of people walk on the street, and there's a lot of people jaywalking even. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm there's a from, lot of peasants, a lot of poor yeah. people here. <laughs> In, in your not mind, exactly. No, no, not exactly <laughs> poor people. It's just like people actually walk by their legs and they enjoy it. And that is actually a lifestyle. Not everybody drives a car, pretty much. Well, yeah, that's kind of a thing uh, in a lot of these well European countries where public transit is very well organized. Mm-hmm. You can use your bike to go to a lot of places. Everything is pretty close. Well, in Western Europe, at least. And... There are people that will actually decide. It's like, nope, I'm not going to buy a car. I'm not even going to get a driver's license because I feel like I can just get everywhere, go around by just using my own two legs and by using public transit, like a bicycle. Like, and that's it. And yeah, you'll you'll probably not find people like that. Well, maybe in like New York or like the really big fucking uh, cities. Mm -hmm. But the majority of uh, America, they'll probably just call you crazy if if you will be talking like that. Yeah, every time if I... Not even mean, pretty much in general sense. But like, if we met someone that having a financial financial crisis or something like that, he or she cannot afford to live by herself or something like that. The first 
person we ask is always like, hey, do you have a car? If he or she doesn't have a car, then she'll be in trouble, big trouble, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Because she cannot even, or he or she, I'm just, just, just using pronouns. And he or she or they cannot actually able to get to anywhere by themselves without spending too much money. Because public transportation is shit, and calling a cab is also expensive. Then having a car yourself, pretty much like that. Definitely in the U.S., having a car is like a necessity, mm-hmm. and here it's like an option. It's like optional. It's it's a um, a luxury to have, yeah. but America it's kind of like a requirement, <laughs> basically. Mm. But do you have? I would argue that. Well, I wouldn't say something similar, but do you have something like cultural shock as well, Sushi? When you're comparing the Netherlands in this case to Belgium, I haven't been to prison, but. Holy shit, I felt imprisoned when I was there to some degree. Not specifically. I've been to some sort of prison myself before. This is better. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bad bad segue. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. What do you mean with that? What what do you mean by that, uh, Sushi? The whole... Well, not so much... Okay, I was traveling by plane. Obviously, there's no way I was going to drive there. Unless I'm... I don't know. Anyway... Going there by plane. It was all fine. Good flight. Now he was asking, asking about the difference between Netherlands and yeah. Belgium, but now the difference between the EU and the US. Yeah, I'm, US. I'm talking about the difference between Netherlands and Belgium, not, not the US. Ah. Well, still that same regard applies to some degree. <laughs> uh, to some degree, I feel like you cannot get anywhere with a car, but at the same point, time you can't get anywhere with the car what do you mean by that he's probably already you drunk. tried no you tried to get out it's uh it's for him it's... i don't think he's drunk at least i hope not no no i'm actually trying to make a point here you want to go out you need the car to actually go a longer distance like say a 20 minute drive pretty much mm-hmm but that 20 minute drive turns into a 40 minute drive because there's so much traffic. But if you go by foot, it's like a 30 minute walk. It's like, okay, am I really up for a 30 minute walk right now? Just to get some groceries. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, you want to go anywhere outside of town, you definitely need the car or you need to go by pu- public transport, which requires you to first take a tram. And then go to Central Station and then take a train. So far, we haven't done that, but it's a big hassle to actually mm-hmm. get there to some degree. Well, in your um, case, it's you are you live in a city, so yeah. You, if you get outside the city, you need to go to like like a station or like a bus that goes outside, and it's going to take a while to get to a different place. Um, yes. Yeah, wouldn't that be the same in the Netherlands? I know in the Netherlands you didn't live in a city. Um, I feel in the Netherlands, like every time I have to use public transport, it's like either within a, even if I have to take the bus and all that, it's not required. I can just walk to the station and take the train and just get anywhere within something reasonable, like say Amsterdam, even from the middle of the Netherlands, it takes an hour. You just sit in two trains, you're there. Over here, it's like, okay, you have to sit in a tram. You have to deal with a lot of 
public places and you're not really sure well confident with where you are is that, is that just a thing because a you're new like because you don't feel familiar with your surroundings that's why yes definitely mm-hmm. a big part of it um so I guess it's just something that you've not gotten used to, uh, even though you've been there for uh, for a bit. Uh, a big part of it. Um, say one of the examples, I tried to order tickets online, like, okay, I want to get like a discount on the tickets. Like, sure, why wouldn't you try to get that? Because if you order the tickets at that very moment, it's going to cost you more. I try to order them online and usually in the Netherlands it's like, okay, you try to order them online. It's a very straight path to ordering them. Um, what kind of tickets case, are we talking about? Um, tram tickets, just to get around the city. Okay. But the system is so set up, it doesn't tell you anything. The, it feels like the Belgian websites are so, like, I wouldn't say 10 years behind the Netherlands, but Definitely at least five or, yeah, let's just say 10 years. And they don't really specify what they're really offering. Like there's, you have to Google it. And I basically end up like, okay, I'm going to get these tickets on discount. But when I got them, I had to redeem them within the hour. And it turned out to be like 10 tickets for 10 people at that very same time time so they weren't 10 tickets like okay you can use them whatever no it's 10 tickets to use immediately at that point and it's like what the hell did i just nobody had any clue of getting any information out of that like okay what am i purchasing right now is it also something that you experienced mbg kind of well, for me, ordering tickets, like you need to send an SMS text to them and you need to have balance inside of your card or something like that. But we are only going for like subscriptions. We don't really put funds in the, in the, in the same card. So I cannot even order a ticket myself. The easiest way for me is to just go to a store and just buy tickets over there. And they have vending machines for just tickets and buy tickets over there will be there or something like that. Or just swipe your card. But I don't know why my card doesn't work well well because it's an american car right so that's not going to be very much the the thing is my card will be easily accepted in the netherlands but we just cross the border come to belgium my card is not going to be accepted anywhere Mm. i search online some bank will accept it but none of them are in the flemish region so Oh, okay. Not well colonized. It, it, it seems like a lot of the supporting infrastructure at that point, like supporting infrastructure for, oh, getting tickets for public transit or like paying things or, you know, discussing things with the, the government, that seems to be lacking compared to the Netherlands, as far as I can tell. A little bit. It's like they don't want to take our money, even though we're waving our money at them. It's like, nope, nah, nah, we're not taking it. Very much. You need to... S- Buy a very, I mean, not even buy, just get a very specific bank card. And if you don't have it, then contact. Nah, nah, you're not getting uh, it. Very much. 
Well, I'm in kind of a similar situation because although I do live in Belgium, I don't have a Belgium bank account. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I I kind of do. It's for like the renting thing or whatever, but uh, it's not something you have a card from and you can pay in the store. So if I would go to a Belgium store, I would just have to use my Dutch card, which luckily, of course, is accepted there normally. But when mm-hmm. ordering stuff, for example, online, then that kind of becomes a difficult issue because... Mm-hmm. the yes. services that we try to use to pay Ordering online. online is actually okay for me, but I just cannot make any purchases offline in real life. What I have is when I pay for something, um, it asks for like a Belgium payment method. And sometimes even like this, this Dutch Belgium, this Dutch uh, payment system is actually getting so popular. It's going to try and be used in more European countries. So I can actually pay or it has to be PayPal or it has to be credit card. But like this is the only times i can actually pay um although yeah in stores i don't really have an issue because you can just pay by card but um yeah like i said it's like these kind of infrastructures not really meant for people that are you know from abroad mm-hmm. or whatever which i find weird because especially if since you guys are in a city i would expect the infrastructure for like tourists to be very good mm-hmm. but it apparently it's very confusing. It doesn't make any sense. And it's kind of hard to get around. Well, why do you think that is the case? Uh, I'm going to say something stupid. I'm pretty much thinking about like a Belgian government cannot even come up with an idea about how they're going to rule the country themselves. <laughs> wait, wait. Not wrong, but... They're having a lot of double standards between different cities, different regions. I know it's probably because of the northern part and the southern part drama between all the stuff that Dutch-speaking people and French-speaking people, but I just feel like their government cannot really come up with idea about how this country should be working. And even some of the cities, they're thinking like, oh, we need to have this in our city. Those people have something in that city. That doesn't mean anything to us. Something like that. They just don't really know about how to come up with something common. Well, that, that's that, what I'm feeling like. That's actually a good point because, um, like in the Netherlands, there is a divide between, mm-hmm. like, for example, the north or like even the western part of the Netherlands, the up north, people in the south. Mm-hmm. Um, but that difference is not as big as in Belgium. Like in Belgium, it's very fucking broad. Where yeah, you have the top mm-hmm. part, which is like Flemish. Then you have the sun part, um, which is the balloons, I think it's called. Uh, it's the French-speaking Bologna. part. Wallonia. Wallonia, yeah, that's how you pronounce it in, uh, in Dutch. Balloon. And then you have uh, Brussels, which is like right in between. Mm-hmm. And there is, they have like separate parliaments for like the southern part and the northern part. And like even I think Brussels has their own separate things. And they try and run their own section of the country in a different way, like you said. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems to be a very clear divide between that kind of thing. Also, because a lot of people in the north will hate the south, and the south will hate the the, the north. Even though, like, the north is pulling in more money, mm-hmm. like via taxes in the uh, southern part, so they get like more. Um, they get annoyed by it because they have to pay taxes for the southern part and all these kind of things. Um, have you actually experienced this? So, uh, Sushi, I'm not really sure if you have experience with. So, not the cultural divide between north and south in uh, Belgium, but in the Netherlands. And for Miji, Momiji, do you have something where there's like a cultural divide between north and south, maybe even like in your state that you were in or in America in general? 
Uh, technically, yes. For the state I was living in America was Arizona, and I was living in the center, Phoenix area. If you go to more northern, that will you will meet the mountains, and weather's gonna be a little bit colder, and people are gonna be somewhat taller, something like that. We live in Phoenix, yeah. and usually if you go up there, that is Flagstaff, pretty much like that. If you go to a little bit southern, that is Tucson. And they're going to be more, and well, people speaking Spanish, like Mexicans or Latino Americans, something like that. And if you go even more to the south, you can even see the road signs are starting using Matrix. <laughs> yeah. Matrix. Pretty much. So like the That's infrastructure the is, is more sophisticated, basically? Mm. Pretty much. Okay. Interesting. Uh, did Have you experienced something yourself, Sushi, in like, for example, the Netherlands? Like from your own experience, not from hearing it from other people? Because a lot of people will complain about North versus South and all these kind of things. Mm, I mean, as a road worker going through the country, pretty much I've been from the very south to the very north of the country pretty much and it's like the biggest difference is like obviously the accent but mm -hmm. in terms of work it's all the same it's all very it's all roads standard. it's all construction it's the same yes. same things you do mm -hmm. yeah there's a there's a very good standard across the netherlands um the people i would say the people in all the known cities like rotterdam amsterdam the hague more you go towards that area of North Holland, you're dealing with a lot of rude people. Also a lot the, more druggies, but... The West, basically. Yes. Well, they call it North Holland, but yeah, the West. Well, at least it's good to hear, I would say, that there is like a good standard across the board in the entire country, because I would definitely expect... I'm not sure how it goes in Belgium, but I would expect their road processes or like their 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 infrastructure... Oh, that that's, changes that's, to be that's, different that's, from north and south and everything. Let's uh, not go into that. Holy shit! That that that's a shit show. Oh my god! I want to cry. Yeah, that, that's a, um, it's always a funny thing of like the infrastructure in the Netherlands is like on compared to the rest of the European Union or maybe even the world. I'm not sure. It's like very well made. It's like the roads don't barely have any potholes. If they do have potholes, they'll get fixed really quickly. They'll get fixed in a proper way not just filling it up all the time which that's exactly what they do in belgium it's like oh there's a hole in the ground oh just fill it up quickly just uh, try and flatten a bit and then uh, off off you go after the races we go uh, if they do i um i've been driving over the same pothole since the very first time i moved to belgium the first day i drove a car on the highway i still know this pothole and to this <laughs> day it's still there <laughs> and it's like it's become a game of like evading the pothole it's like even though i'm sleep driving almost and it's like yep yeah, here comes the pothole it's time to wake up yeah i, I evaded that cool i'm awake now cool. my boss asked actually asked me to start looking into like hey how much do you pay for gas in belgium like can you just bring along a trailer and just you up on some gas over there it's like 
will you pay me in could, advance? Yeah. No. Then good luck. <laughs> well, that's also a problem, right? Because you need some kind of, um, I think, like a certificate or some kind of license to be driving yeah. that yeah. kind of amount of explosive fluids around. So uh, kind kind of sketchy, I'd say. To wrap up this topic before we end the podcast, and anything else to regarding culture shock that you guys have experienced? Maybe not specifically just for roads and cars, because that seems to be <laughs> kind of the mm. topic to go to. Is it something like, or like Sushi said, maybe like the people, they're like ruder or more assertive or even less assertive? Or Even though uh, Sushi food? is claiming about like a lot of people in the Netherlands are a little bit rude, I still feel them more polite than a lot of people I have encountered in America. Well, yeah, I'm, I've, <laughs> I, I could see that. Yeah, uh, have, having a lot of uh, American friends, they. Uh, can be I'm not trying to take stereotype or something like that, but just for the region I was living, I do see a lot of people. They're either smug or they're extremely rude, or they just want to take advantage from you. I don't know if this is because of my race and gender, but well. I'm just having a lot of fun events dealing with different people like you. Like just a guy walked towards me because we had some conversations earlier and he was not really happy. He just pointing his fist ball like, come on, bend me here, bend me here. If you bend me, I'll just lie on the ground. I'll just find the best lawyer that can sue you. <laughs> I've encountered multiple times like that. That is extremely thick move for adult male towarding a email somehow like that you know <laughs> god damn well so because mm -hmm. i do remember you telling me about like the the way that people mistreat or like chinese people or asian mm -hmm. people in in america as well there's like more of like a cultural yeah. divide as well um do you feel more at ease in europe where people are way more accepting of people of different cultures and such or uh, to be honest i didn't really have a lot of conversations or social interactions with local people over here. Well, you didn't get uh, those interactions you just described, right? Like that, I've never yes, seen that yes. for happen me, like, here. Uh, yeah, for me, like if I'm in if I'm in the Netherlands and people see me, they don't really take me as a local. They take me as a tourist or a visitor, something like that, and they just become a little bit more lighter something like that and more hospitable somehow like that mm -hmm. they are willing to help me and i asked them like uh i'm sorry but i don't speak dutch that much can you just speak english i speak wingles something like that mm -hmm. and they will say yeah I speak english and they can just talk speak, speak english to me and they won't get extremely bothered or something like that and for uh right now we're living in belgium but there is a muslim or moroccan community Culture. neighborhood Classic. very Classic. pretty much they're pretty close to us and they're not typical white people or something like that they're also like some sort of they're also immigrants and they are very friendly to me honestly they ask me oh you look cool you just move around here where you're from ah uh, where did you came from uh, which uh Oh, something like that. They don't really say anything like, oh, you, didn't, you don't even speak Dutch. Uh, you don't like blah, 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 like what people do in America. So, no, I yeah, think, I do feel like people are more polite here. Yeah, I think that's because mm -hmm. of the fact that um, 
for those Moroccans that no, no, because they are in the same boat, basically. Like they are also like foreigners that mm, move to this yeah, country, so they can sort of relate to other foreigners or tourists or people like that, uh, and they will mm-hmm. try and you know try and make friends because that's something they have in common at least. Although in my experience, those kind of people may be a bit more rude <laughs> towards any other person. Uh, uh, I would say shallow, yeah. um, shallow friendliness. Not like no, shallow. American. Yeah, yeah, you could call it that. But mm-hmm. it also very uh, much depends on the person because I've talked to a lot of people, like Moroccan friends or Turkish friends, and they're they're very nice. But they're also like a bunch of they <laughs> are dickheads going around. But that's that's with any any culture, any uh, any region really. There's always going to be some sore apples in in there. Mm-hmm. Just before we wrap up, I do want to ask one thing, which is like, do you guys have any advice? for people that are going through a similar situation that you guys have, where it's like, oh, you live like different parts of the world or like different countries, different, completely different cultures, and you're trying to meet up with this person or maybe even marry the person. Like, do you have any advice for those people having been in that boat yourself? You want me to make a joke? I would say, don't do anything that I would do. <laughs> like what she always say. Honestly, yeah, see, we're actually a nice couple in some degree. But if you want me to be serious about this, I should say about like sometimes a pe- sometimes a person you know is not the real persona they have. They might try to act or they try to get advantage from you. There's a lot of stories on VR chat about like someone is just a scammer. They pretend there are some sort of people, but they're not. They just want to get advantage from you. Yeah. They just want to get your money or something like that. Then there's also what my mom always saying that like, I oh, could just going to move to another country and to meet another person. I, oh, a guy, uh, some sort of like things like that. And was like, yeah, I'm doing this. But for me, the actual reason of me feeling very confident about going through the whole process is because to be honest this is VR chat we're both some sort of alcoholics somehow like that I'll I'll say if we yeah I'll say (laughs) if we meet in the real life I will now be drinking I will now be smoking he's probably also not smoking probably also not drinking and we'll treat each other as a guest or something like that but we met each other on VR chat and the first day we met each other, we were both drunk. <laughs> it was high on rum. I was high on tequila. Yeah. You were terrifying, just saying. Yeah, I know. At that point, we already see the worst part of each other. That is actually the best point, honestly. Mm. Like, we don't need to hide anything. Like, I definitely don't want anybody to know that if I'm drunk, I will be such a stupid shish or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, so well, basically... we already see the worst we can do. Even, even like, there's another point, like, mm-hmm. shit, I play VR chat. I don't really tell people around me that I have play VR chat. They will think I'm advice a... from a VR chat player. <laughs> Pretty much. So, best thing for us is we already see the worst we can be. And that is actually makes me want to marry this person, honestly. That is some <laughs> of the, that is some sort of experiment you don't really get in real life. 
I've seen too much people. They're trying to hook me up. They're trying to date me, and they're just shitty people. Honestly, you can feel like they're hiding their own persona. They're trying to act like a cool guy or something like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you even remember about that Iraq, the guy from Iraq trying to date me back in 2020, something like that. The guy driving is a diesel BMW. Oh god. Oh I yeah, hate that guy, yeah, honestly. I, I remember that story. Yeah, 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 I hate that guy. And he was trying to act. He's rich. He's something like that. He took a lot of pictures about. It. Hey, I have this car. It has a V10 engine in it. I was like, okay, cool. And then he drive a fucking diesel. <laughs> Meet me. Uh, I just, you know. Mm-hmm. Life lesson: Don't drive a diesel BMW. Or yeah. diesel nowadays. No, no, no! Don't, don't, don't! <laughs> diesel shit. I don't like diesel. Yeah, come hit me, hit me. No, I, I agree. That's <laughs> fine. No, so basically, your advice. I know. Probably some people are poor diesel in your channel. <laughs> I don't know. Just take assumptions. I, I wouldn't call people that have a diesel poor. Usually, it's people that drive like a shit ton of kilometers. So they're they're. Hey man, trying to be don't cheap. judge diesel. I drive a diesel van for work, and I fucking it's, love it. Exactly. That's that's the reason why you own Very such much a vehicle. Yes. People so for for work or for driving long distances, totally legitimate. If you drive like a sports car or like try to brag with a car that's diesel, it's like uh, we're fooling. It's like I've that. got a turbo charged yeah. diesel. <laughs> kind of like yeah, that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but to <laughs> sum up your point, so there's two things, right? So one is. Um, and guess in your case, try and meet each other at each other's worst and then see if you can still tolerate each other. Uh, and mm-hmm. the other thing is like try and be real uh, in that case. So yeah, no bragging. But if mm-hmm. you are like really fucking drunk, then you're probably a bit more real <laughs> than a lot of people try and uh, have each other perceive on the internet. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm drinking. <laughs> I'm not drinking. I'm trying to give up drinking. So he's not really helping. <laughs> well, sushi. Um, no, uh, not really. Um, um, <laughs> You're resisting the temptation. Uh, it's just good. Well, yeah. yeah no, I, would, I, mean, I, would, I would say don't, but I don't drink, so whatever. Uh, sushi, do you have any advice to give to the audience regarding your whole experience of this? I already thought about this, and like, I just need bold. Typing. Don't Both fucking time. rush it and do your fucking research. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 <laughs> that's like the general gist don't of the story. Don't fuck it up. Don't 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 get into any trouble. Um, don't you know? Don't do anything that you would you do. Basically, are... yeah, that's a basic saying. I mean, I would don't say do anything I would do. Don't do anything I would do, and I would do anything. For... Anything for a cheeseburger. Just don't do anything for a cheeseburger. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I think in general... I'm still trying... To, I, never mind. Yeah, I'm I still think, trying to make you enjoy the food I made. And how's that working out? Uh, he doesn't want to eat sauerkraut. <laughs> nope. I love boerdekool. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Boerdekool <laughs> nuts. Uh, good. Typical mm-hmm. Dutch. Um, but yeah, no, I would like to, uh, with that, I think wrap up the podcast because we went all 
quite a bit of time. We did have some advice there. Yeah. So yeah, basically, don't rush these things, unlike these two. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, don't rush life. It's a bad thing to do. Yeah, you get gray against, hairs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You run against a lot of <laughs> obstacles that sh- could be avoided if you just took your time and planned things out a bit. So mm-hmm. I think that's good advice. So with that. I'd like to close of the podcast. So before we do that, uh, do you guys have any words, final words for the audience? Don't become a road worker. Please do your education. <laughs> Stay in school, kids. All. Stay in school. Stay in it? school. And right. don't become Flemish. Yeah. <laughs> Stay out of Belgium. I, I can agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take the major you like. Don't listen to other people. I was forced to study psychology and I don't want anybody to start, start learning psychology. Psychology is shit. If you learn psychology, you're just going to question your existence, honestly. It's even, I don't know if it's going to be worse than physiology, but still, I'm always My questioning fault. myself. Yes, yeah, so stay in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, take your time. Don't learn psychology. All right. So with that, um, I think we said enough. So yeah, your last one, Sushi, stay in school. I think that would be a good way to wrap it up. So I would like to thank the audience for sticking mm-hmm. around, for watching this episode. Uh, and or for I, making you listen. <laughs> exactly. And I hope to see you around in the next episode. Until then, peace out. I love you.